Welcome to the Anxiety Recovery Podcast. My name is Valerie. I'm an anxiety mindset coach and hypnotherapist. You know that moment where you are absolutely at peace in the present moment. I believe that is what we are all at the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that happiness and lasting fulfillment can only be created and found within. So get ready for all things mindset, mental health, and self-love. I hope this serves you. Alrighty, welcome to episode four of the Anxiety Recovery Podcast. Today, I have a really special guest today on. He's a codependency coach. His name is Dante, and we're going to be talking all about codependency, anxiety, self-esteem, and really how to work on that. So Dante, I'd love for you to, to tell the listeners, you know, more about you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Val. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm a codependency coach. I help people overcome codependency and build self-esteem with the end goal of attracting a great fucking partner. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. So what do you think are some symptoms or top signs of codependency? Oh, I love this question. So I actually had a, like a, not like a client call, but like people sign up and like, I give them some value on a free call and then they can kind of determine, you know, if it's a good fit, like if they want to become clients. And I was, it was like a two hour fucking call is awesome. And during the conversation with her, uh, I gave an analogy, which I think really sums up codependency really well. And that's pretend you're in the woods and you're walking around this like dark forest at night. Maybe it's even like, like sprinkling rain a little bit. You're fucking shivering, freezing cold. And you're going up to all these people with their big campfire set out. And you're just like, please, can I just like sit by your fire and just like warm up? And you sit by their fire and it's fucking delicious how warm it feels. And you're like, oh my God, this is so nice. But you don't have your own fire that you can just kind of sit next to whenever you want. You're constantly looking for other people's fire. And then they have to leave and it's never this consistent source of warmth. So I think that's like the best analogy. Like we don't have a consistent in the beginning stages, we don't have a consistent internal fire of like self-worth, of praise, of, of, of just feeling good, like having access to good emotions. So as a result, we start to depend on people and circumstances to look and be a certain way to give us that positive attention and those good feelings to kind of replace this, this void we have and this inability uh, yet to produce good feelings in our own body. And then this can lead to, you know, things like addiction, um, getting into abusive relationship, because, hey, as long as I get a little bit of good attention, some of the time, like I'll put up with anything because I can't give that to myself. So any, any amount of fire, no matter what the cost I'll do, because I need it. I really do. So that's like one of the big, big signs is that you're just really dependent on other people to make you feel good. And it, it just gets you in a lot of trouble. Wow. I'm like low-key speechless at that analogy. <laughs> That's probably the best one I've ever heard like about codependency. I think that is amazing and like so flipping accurate. Like, wow, I'm so impressed. What like got you into this work? Uh, being a, a severe codependent and, and having um, have borderline personality disorder. And I didn't 
know both of these things for like most of my life. So I was just in pain a lot of the time, uh, emotionally. Um, when I was really, really young, I would like cut myself, you know, after breakups, I would be just completely devastated when someone broke up with me. I would obsess over them. I'd be an emotional wreck, so depressed. I would usually start picking up habits after a breakup, like smoking cigarettes, drinking excessively, um, smoking a lot of, a lot of weed. And I, I just never really had control over how I was feeling. And I just thought that was normal. Like this is kind of just like life. And it wasn't until I, I dated somebody who was a really incredible person. Um, and she, she was reading a, a, a book, some, some book about borderline personality disorder and, and codependency. And, uh, she was saying some, some of the stuff she, she had read from the night before when we were on a FaceTime. And I was like, oh yeah, I could totally relate to that. And then as she kept sharing things, I kept going like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. And she's like, honey, I think you have, you know, these things. And then once I like got diagnosed and, 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 you know, actually got evaluated for that, it, it kind of really put things in a perspective. Like, wow, like I have uh, this, this, Thing that I need to be like aware of and, and to take care of. And it was also really liberating because it's like, wow, once you know that, once you know like, oh shit, I'm a fucking codependent. Now you can take the right steps. Now you know what's going on instead of just like feeling sick all the time. Let's say if you're taking an illness, once you get that diagnosis, you're like, fuck yeah. All right, let's start treatment. Like, what do I need to do? So that's kind of what led me to like going into like the world of spirituality, law of attraction, just trying to, in self-development as well, trying to find and learn from books, teachers, seminars, courses, anything I could about how to build more self-love, uh, create boundaries, uphold standards. And over time, just kind of learning more and more and more from different people, I started to piece together things that would really work over time. And I made a lot of progress. I'm still not like completely out of it. Like I have my bad days, but nowhere near where I was when I first started out. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful story. And I, wow, that is so powerful. And I really think, like you said, 90% of transformation is awareness and sharing a little bit of a personal thing. Uh, my last relationship, I realized that I myself was dealing with some codependency things. And I remember I would experience just feel like this was like your analogy with the fire, but it was like, oh, if you're safe, I'm safe. Mm. And so working through that has been very interesting and fun. And I think also now being single has really almost catapulted me into working through that. And I feel such a greater amount of self-love within that, within being single and loving who I am and working through that and just really coming to who you are, coming back to who you are internally. Because at the end of the day, when we are born, we're babies. None of us are feeling broken. None of us are feeling unlovable. These are all wounded parts of ourselves that get imprinted on us from our primary caregivers, or like you said, from breakups or things like that, that can really shape our self-image. 100%. And I love that you said, and I'm also having a lot of fun with that, like transforming these things. Cause, cause it is fun. Like taking back your power is so fucking addicting compared to like just having it constantly you know giving it away once you start reclaiming that like the amount of joy you have and and the ability to influence things and say no to things like it's just this big upward fucking spiral that just it's it's the best thing about life so far that i've found 
Ooh, so powerful. And I just would love to share like something that like I've done a lot of, you know, somatic healing and inner child work and hypnotherapy and all the things, especially if you are following me and you know my Instagram and you know my story. Uh, but I recently, every weekend, I will go to Barnes and Noble and I have a mindfulness coloring book and I'll just color in it. And I just love it. And I drink my, I just drink my green tea matcha latte. And I usually take myself out for dinner and I feel so good about myself doing that. And it's just the little things that can really help you feel more safe within because a lot of people who experience codependency really have this fear of abandonment and this fear of abandonment when we look deeper into it and it's a lot of what I work with with clients I'm sure you can attest to that as well is a lot of codependents have this intense fear of abandonment and so working through that what the abandonment really is is a fear of being unlovable so when we're Mm. working through Mm. when we're working through that that's when the magic happens and that's when that continuous upward spiral starts to happen, like how you mentioned. So good. So good. Um, it's funny. When when I heard those things like early on, like take yourself on a date, go to the movies by yourself. I always thought like, that's so dumb. Like, why would I do that? Like, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Like there's no one to do it with. Like, what the fuck? And now it's like, I really enjoy my alone time. Like just time to kind of be in my own space. Or, or work through some things or not and just kind of have fun and, and, and just relax and, and take time for myself. Um, and I think as you you get better and better at kind of learning how to almost like entertain yourself, have fun with yourself, those things become more appealing. I think at the beginning stages though, it's very normal to just be like, that sounds ridiculous. Like why <laughs> the fuck would I be by myself? Like, that's insane. That's like the whole point of having a relationship is like all of the fun. So like if... if like, there's no fun currently. So why, why would I do that? But it, I think it's important to know, like you will have the fun later down the road and it will get easier, but it, it's, it's a good exercise, even in the beginning, just to kind of have those emotions be highlighted. You know, a, a lot of what I early on focused on was like triggering myself. And e- even today, like, I love, I love fucking being triggered. Cause it's like, Oh, there's more stuff like ready to be let go of like triggers are amazing. <laughs> Oh, yes. I love that. And triggers can be extremely uncomfortable. And also, I loved what you said about, uh, you know, being alone and going on dates by yourself and how you used to think about it. And I wanted to add with that, you know, originally it can feel really uncomfortable if maybe you're used to being stressed out all the time or, you know, raised in a chaotic environment or abusive household or things like that, it can be really hard to feel okay on your own. And so when you are going on these dates alone and doing things that you enjoy, then now you're not looking for that other fire, like how Dante was saying, you're not looking for everyone else's fire to light you up. Now the fire starts to light and become higher and higher now within yourself rather than externally. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, in the beginning, it's like, okay, you made a decision. I'm not going to anyone else's fire. I'm looking at my pile of rocks and some sticks. And maybe there is even a flame there, but it's like, it's not, it's so small that you're not actually getting any heat from it. But it's important to know, like, the more you feed that fire, just like a little bit, right? A little bit every day, it will start to get bigger. And you're going to see it get uh, bigger. I remember I I, uh, read a book called, I think I might actually put it 
in the front. No, it's right here. Changed my whole fucking life. So good. Mm-hmm. It's called Whatever Rises Love That by Matt Kahn. Ooh. Ooh. His stuff online, his videos are also super amazing. But the basic concept uh, from that was just love whatever rises. So I literally took a whole bunch of time and just any negative emotion that came up, I was just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it was like the most maddening year of my life because a lot of the time it was very frustrating or it didn't work. It was brutal. But um, the, where's I going with that? Fire, rocks. Each day you, you, you build that fire more and more. Each day you build the fire more and more. Hotter it gets. I guess that's what my point. That's what my point. Like it just it gets stronger over time, and it and it gets easier. And um, it, it like it's gonna be hard at times, but like it's more rewarding. The the validation that you you can get from yourself is so much more rewarding and reliable than 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 anyone else's. I guess that's the point I was trying to make. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot agree more with what you said about the validation because if we are validating ourselves, then that also reduces our anxiety because we don't have to overwork or just be in abusive relationships or do all think that we have to do all the things to get this validation when we are internally giving it to ourselves. And receiving external validation it's a normal desire, but if you feel you need it, then that's where, you know, support could be helpful. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's, it's a fucking brutal type of anxiety, like needing other people, like waiting for other people to tell you what you want to hear. It's so brutal. Just having that, that feeling of discontent radiating through your body. It's, it's, it's the worst. And the crazy thing is that when you start to do that for yourself, you know, one exercise I like to do with clients is you um, use your notes application on your phone or, or like a, a piece of paper and you write out 10 things that you need to hear right now. You can all also use this for a situation, you know, 10 things you need to hear about something that's going on in your life or from a person. So let's say, you know, you have like a, like a coworker or your boss or your, your spouse or, you know, a family member, parent maybe. And you're, you're feeling really fucked up about them. Maybe they're not giving you as much acknowledgement, praise, credit as you deserve or think you deserve. So just write out like 10 things you need to hear from that person. Maybe it's like, hey, you're, you're doing a great job or uh, I'm sorry. You know, those things that like, let's say you had a parent who neglected you and abused you as you grew up. Like, what are the things you wish they had always would have said to you? Like, I'm fucking sorry for, for doing this to you. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the most terrible human being on the planet. Things that they're never, probably never going to say that you can just give to yourself and realizing that through practice, you can give those things to yourself. And maybe, you know, in the beginning, it's not really that effective, right? Your fire isn't that warm. Um, the things don't really resonate. It feels inauthentic or it feels like it's not working. It's always working. You just got to practice it. You know, you, we're just so out of touch with giving ourselves that love. But the more we practice giving the love, the more the love grows in power. So the more you invest into that, that dynamic, the more that dynamic gives back to you. And over time, you'll, you'll see. Um, that's where I was going with the, the previous thought earlier. So I read that book, right? And I started you know, telling myself that I love myself. And back then, the majority of my thoughts were just like, not even thoughts, but just the general feeling of like, I'm lonely. I want attention. This sucks. Ow, ow, 
it hurts. I'm in pain. And I remember I was, uh, I was out one night at a restaurant or no, a bar, excuse me. And I was just sitting and I was with friends and all of a sudden this thought just kind of came in my head, which was, I love you like directed at me and it blew my fucking mind because never in my entire life up to that point for like 20 plus years had I ever had this like thought that I didn't have to reach for but literally just came to me popped in my head like an impulse I love you and I was like holy shit this shit works like I am building more self-love like I'm building more self-esteem like and and it just it was this big epiphany that like that's that's all it is like that's why we fucking chase everybody and the people who like are not good for us and unhealthy for us. Cause we're just looking for that fucking attention and we can give that to ourselves. And that revelation just breaks the whole system. <laughs> oh, so fucking powerful. That is so beautiful. And wow. I really resonate with that, but that is just so freaking beautiful. All the tips that you shared, especially like 10 things that you really need to hear right now, this could apply for anxiety, codependency, anything general confidence. I think that's so freaking important. And, you know, our subconscious mind listens to every word that we say to ourselves. It doesn't matter if it's healthy, unhealthy, it absorbs it all. So like you said, even though you felt you didn't believe in it first, like I love myself, you eventually came to it and it came to your mind and how powerful that our minds work that way, that what we tell ourselves it becomes our internal habits and our internal thoughts. Like how fucking beautiful is that? Yeah, it's insane. It's in, I was literally talking to my dad about this a few days ago, how, um, how we can have these like core beliefs that just perpetuate, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, I suck at this or, or uh, the one I, I worked with uh, the, the, the client I just got today she had a big belief around or still have the notes application open. No, I don't. She still, she had this belief around, let's see if I can recall it. Oh, it was, I'll never have my own family and find the right person to have a family with. And it's hard to attract that person. And that was only after we worked through like a bunch of these layers using a, a process that I use with my clients. And we reached that perspective. And I was like, let's just pause real quick before we go further and just highlight that this is a core belief you have that's preventing the very thing you want from entering into your life. And we have no idea that fucking exists. And as we build like the self-love and we start healing these things, it's amazing what kind of magic we're able to let flow into our life. And, and, and it's so cool. I love this. I'm fucking just so hyped about this because it has nothing to do with like how much like hard work and effort you're putting in or like, what you need externally first, it's all internally. The better you start to feel, the better you start to attract. I mean, that's that's been very hyped up and like might even be cliche at this point in society, but like, it's so true. Uh, it's, and it doesn't have to even be big things, like just little things, little ideas. Like for instance, I was feeling really good a couple of days ago. I had an idea as I was walking back to my house, I saw the front yard was just kind of very barren. I was like, oh, you know, wh- why don't I like get some plant seeds from like Amazon and just like plant a bunch of flowers and it'll be like tons of this fucking color. And that'll be cool to see as I'm walking up to my house. A very, very small example of like, I was feeling good. And then that just attracts more thoughts and impulses to feel better. And it just bridges you to better and better and better and better. And that's like the whole theme of like recovering from codependency and, and to an extent anxiety. It's like feeling better and better and better. What are the things 
the people, the habits, the environments that I can start inviting into my life that are going to allow me to feel better and better and better. Mm, mm, yes. Oh my God. Yes. I so agree. And I so agree with your mindset and perspective around all of everything that you just said, you know, it all starts with one thought. How am I feeling? And what I'm thinking is going to perpetuate. So everything that you said with your client, you know, that that's like what you will end up attracting our core beliefs, feeling, you know, not worthy, feeling worthless, feeling not good enough, feeling love is not available to me. Success is not available to me. What we believe subconsciously internally ends up, we end up attracting that we attract external circumstances to reflect our own behavior back. So that's why you can tend to see a lot of people who might be in a really bad negative situation, they might have these core beliefs about ourselves. And this could be, we could know it consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, that was so powerful. Everything that you said. What would be some top tips for someone who is maybe struggling with anxiety and are codependent? Okay. Um, so there's two like two angles that are really important that uh, I, I use in my coaching. And the first angle is you got to start brainwashing yourself to focus on the good and do things that that make you feel better. Um, I love Abraham Hicks for this. Mm-hmm. Law mm-hmm. of Attraction, all, all of her stuff. She's really good at getting you to focus on, you know, w- with everything, there's two subjects. There's what is wanted and what is unwanted. Any, any thought you have, it's one of those two sides of the stick. Um, you're thinking about, you know, things going well, the presence of something you want or the absence or things not going well. Mm-hmm. So the more you're focusing on choosing, deliberately choosing better feeling thoughts, um, doing exercises to get you to, to appreciate more. So another uh, exercise I like to do with clients and, and an exercise I use pretty much every day is called the 10, 10, 10 sheet. And that's where you write 10 things you're grateful for. Um, and gratitude is the energy of, of relief. So things that are bringing you relief, 10 things that you love to do or that you love, that's the energy of appreciation. And then 10 things that you want to manifest, 10 things that you want to do, be, have, or experience. And that is the energy of excitement. So do this in the morning, sometime in your morning practice when you wake up. And it it really does a lot to help you get into alignment, get into a a place of feeling good. Now, that's all well and dandy, but (laughs) the other angle of of the coaching that is really important when it comes to uh, overcoming codependency and and kind of dissolving and, and easing the feelings of like anxiety is we all have traumas. We all have what I like to call emotional anchors. So our natural state of being, as you mentioned earlier, when we're born is feeling good, being aligned. These emotional anchors pull us from that place of alignment and sink us into, you know, lower in the emotional scale of like apathy, depression, sadness, desperation, loneliness. And those are just beliefs, just thoughts that we've been thinking for a long enough time that eventually becomes a belief. That's all it is. Just a thought you keep thinking. So these are unconscious thoughts. We're not aware of them. And we need to have tools and resources to be able to to dive into those emotions and the perspectives, the thoughts that are keeping those emotions alive. And a lot of the time, just becoming aware of them is enough to let them go. Sometimes you have to install a new perspective. Um, 
or, or, or just realize it's not something you want to do anymore. So like mm-hmm. uh, the other, the other day or yesterday I was, I had something come up around. Um, so something I do on the side, besides being a coach, I have a, a gaming channel with the Patreon page. So people can donate money to me uh, monthly and in exchange for me making videos for them. And I had uh, a community day where I played with a bunch of the top donators who donated like $100. And they did something in the game, which was like, not, it was like not overtly disrespectful, but just slightly disrespectful. And I was struggling with like these feelings like, oh, but they paid $100. Like I kind of like, basically I was betraying my boundary because they paid $100. And I had these like weird thoughts in my head around that. So I sat down, dove into those emotions and perspectives and then realize that actually this isn't something that I want to do. So after exploring those emotions, exploring those perspectives, I was able to come to a conclusion. I didn't really need to, to put a new perspective into place. It, it, it was more about awareness, like just becoming aware of the fact that that's something I don't want to do anymore. And a lot of the transformational work I do with clients, it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, actually, that's not true. Once I can see the thought clearly or see the behavior clearly, it's like that I don't really want that. Um, so that's really important. And there's just so many people that I've, I've met and that I see who don't do that part. They don't explore why they believe what they believe and why they're feeling what they're feeling. And I think if you can get curious about, and I'll give you a book on where to learn a process that'll really help you with this too. Cause I, I've, there's so many times when I was first starting out where I was broke and had no way of, of doing this for myself and couldn't afford the thousands of dollars people charge for this. And it really mm-hmm. made me mad because I'm like, I'm hurting. I just need some relief. I need, I need some help here. So I'm going to give you something here in a little bit because I don't want to leave you hanging. Um, but if you can just develop a curiosity for, for exploring your pain and, and why you're in pain, I think that is like the single greatest thing that'll serve you continuously. Uh, but real quick, the book is called Power Manifesting by Nick, spelled normally, B-R-E-A-U, Nick Bro. It's like a $15 book on Amazon. It has a process inside that book called the Belief Tree Process. You can flip right to the index and see where it is and go right to it. It'll show you exactly how to dive into those emotions. It's a process I've studied for like three years. I use it every single day. It's, it's, it'll blow your fucking mind. So for those of you who are really serious about getting this handled, that's something maybe to look into. Wow, how powerful. Everything you just mentioned about how our beliefs and feelings create our life and create codependency and anxiety and addictions and things like that. That is just so powerful. Can you, I'm super curious, can you dive more into, you know, what was that like first starting out with learning how to process your emotions? Oh my God, it was brutal. Um, I remember very distinctly, I was sitting in a hotel bathroom uh, and I, w- I, was, I went to go take a shower and I was just feeling fucked up. And I thought like, you know, maybe a hot shower would help. And, and I, I, had a, I took my notebook with me and I was like, you know what, let me actually like journal and, and dive into these emotions and stuff instead. And what I thought was going to be like 20 minutes or, or whatever turned into like four hours bathroom running. I probably wasted so many gallons of water, just destroying the fucking environment. But I spent like four hours just sitting there just making... And it took me four hours because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just starting out with it, just like anything, right? It wasn't really that good in the beginning. And at the end of the four hours, I finally managed to like let some of the stuff go. And I felt fucking ecstatic. I was like, wow, I feel better. Holy shit. And that kind of put me down this path of 
of getting hooked on that. Cause like being able to, to give yourself relief and not being like a slave to these emotional states is so fucking empowering. And the more you do that, the more you're going to want to do that. And the more that you then start to do that, the better you attract, the more you don't need to depend on these people and circumstances. You can just make yourself happy, regardless if you have that thing that you want or the person that you want or, or, you know, this, whatever the hell it is. And you become this like anchor, this, this magnet for better circumstances, for better people. It's incredible. Mm, wow, that's so powerful. And how beautiful that you allowed yourself and gave yourself that space with journaling out your emotions. And I know that can be super challenging, especially if, you know, if we are not used to regulating our own emotions or you're super new to it. Like, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out on that journey of diving into their emotions? It's a good question. probably patience. Um, there's a big tendency to, to just want it out, want it to get, get out. Um, when I was also practicing, like telling, you know, those emotions, I love you. Whenever I'd get really frustrated when doing that, it was because it wasn't coming from a place of like, oh, okay, this part of me is hurting. You know, I'm going to give it love genuinely because I want it to feel better. And that's it. Not, not to feel better. So it leaves, but because it's like, like a, like a, you know, like little Dante, for instance, like crying in a corner. I'm not just going to be like, I love you just so like he shuts up. But like, no, like I, I love you genuinely trying to empathize with that part of me. That's that's small and hurting. Like, I'm sorry, you're going through this. Is there anything I can do? What can I do for you right now? Do you, do you want, uh, you know, should we go take a shower? Do you need a meal? Do you, do you want to, to watch a movie? Like, what can I do to self-soothe you? And I think the intention, if you can, and it's, and you can, sometimes you got to work at it. If you can move it to the place gradually where it's, I just want to feel better. I want this part of me to feel better and not, I want it to get the fuck out. I think that'll be very, very powerful. If you can just be patient with your healing process and not demand that everything be healed and, and taken care of in a month, in a year. Sometimes things take time and it's not like you're just going to be suffering the whole time. Things are going to gradually get better, but be easy with yourself. And I think a big part of this is learning how to, to just not be so hard on yourself, especially if you had a parent uh, who, or parents who uh, were very hard on you or maybe abusive or narcissistic. You might have that ingrained in you that I have to, um, I have to be really, really hard on myself or, or nothing changes, nothing uh, is accomplished. So yeah, just be, be patient and try to, try to, take things slow and be gentle with your healing process. I think if anything, that's probably the most important thing you can do on any type of healing journey, whether you're healing from anxiety, codependency, just working better with understanding your emotions is being patient and gentle with yourself. And because my work really focuses a lot on inner child healing, I have built a very strong relationship with little Valerie 
And so with that, I just like to imagine like when I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to her or we're talking to little Dante and it's like, they're hurting. And I loved your explanation of like, they're small and hurting. Like, let's send them love. You know, what can I do for you? And I think that's so important. And this isn't like a one and done thing. You know, we all have emotions that happen every single day, whether we get triggered, anxious, depressed, sad, happy, whatever it is, and learning how to self-soothe. And that's a huge, huge, huge component of healing from codependency. Because if we don't have the skills or we don't feel equipped to handle and soothe our own emotions, that's when we start to grip and grasp onto those external circumstances. Like we said earlier, whether it's, you know, a business or, you know, a, a partner, whatever. And that can really make things worse. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So N- Nothing to add. I loved all that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I just find that that's like step one is learning how to regulate your emotions. And yeah, if there was anything that one of the most important things that I've learned in my healing journey is like, it's okay to feel however you feel. And when you, especially if you've had maybe emotionally unavailable parents or abusive parents or a narcissistic parent, you can tend to suppress your emotions, whether that be consciously or unconsciously. That was my case up until 2020 when I really, really started to deep dive into my own healing. And everything will start to come up as soon as you say, I'm going to give myself permission to let all of this go. And, you know, for those who don't know, you know, I, I also, you know, I used to really have crippling anxiety and on top of like, I was struggling with chronic pain for six years. And until I dove deeper into releasing those suppressed emotions, like that's when everything changed for me and it's a process and like you said it's so important to just be gentle with yourself yeah just just feel it and if you can't feel all of it just feel a piece of it you know sometimes you don't have to feel all of it you know sometimes it's overwhelming i've had periods of time where it like such overwhelming you know i'd be just like sobbing right and like such overwhelming sadness would come up and it was, it was just like a fucking vast ocean of darkness. I'm like, I can't, I will fall into this and never, ever, ever be able to pull myself out if I let myself feel this. So like, you know, let's just shove most of you down and just, you can come up and I'll feel this piece today. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's a process. And also knowing that the more you do feel it, like ultimately, you know, there's, there's no dark ocean that I was going to fall into. Like you can handle all of it, but it's just trusting that. And it's, it's just, it's just a process and it's a beautiful process. And it's, it's one of the most, you know, wonderful things, especially as you look back at all the work you've done, those moments where you cried with yourself or you were angry or, you know, things weren't working, like seeing where you came from and all the way now, like to where you are presently, one of the best things ever. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. I can't relate to that more is like, and if anyone out there is like struggling with anxiety, codependency, mental health, or confidence issues, anything, anything mental, it's just being gentle with yourself and 
you know, like baby steps. And, and like Dante said, you know, what I like to do is I like to give clients different tools like nervous system regulation and, you know, building up that capacity, right? Especially if we've suppressed our emotions for so long, we might not have that capacity. So just starting with baby steps and sit, allowing yourself to sit with it more and more. And that's what will help to reduce those feelings and just help you feel safer inside of your own body. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Val. I th- that's a great point. I think a lot of the, like what's most of our, you know, most of the n- normal society's like tendency, it's it's to, it's to numb, it's to escape, it's to leave the emotions. How do I get away from these emotions? How do I distract myself from these emotions? So simply starting the process of like, I'm just gonna face them and like look toward them and just kind of be present with them. Not even, you know, emotionally clear them, use this like the process I mentioned earlier, but just literally like witness them is also mm-hmm. extremely fucking powerful. And it's also extremely jarring. I think, um, you know, meditation kind of has this kind of effect as well. Like the, when you start meditating in the beginning because you're kind of stilling your mind it then makes you feel everything much more intensely. It makes you more present with what is going on. Whereas before it's just like this, like chaos, like this constant, like white noise, you know, but, but not like, not like hearing it, but like just how you experience reality is just very chaotic. The more that calms down and stills, the more you're able to appreciate certain things, but also the negative stuff becomes more painful, but that's good. Cause I think when you are numbing and distracting yourself constantly, yes, you have the benefit of like, okay, I'm not feeling this stuff, but you also numb your intuition, you numb your instincts, and then it just becomes familiar. It becomes the basis for your life and you can't differentiate, oh, this is not healthy behavior. This is not good. I don't like this. It's, it's all just numb and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it is pretty terrible. I definitely would agree with that. And a way that I used to do that in college, like before I went deeper into my healing journey, I was seeing like a, a regular therapist, but it didn't get to the layers of like where I needed to go to um, until I discovered hypnotherapy and then the rest is history and all that good stuff. But, uh, but like, after. <laughs> yes, uh, but basically like I really struggled with that and America especially really likes to like reward perfectionists and people who overwork. Like I remember in college at one point I was in my degree for psychology. I was taking 21 credit hours and I was um, interning at a mental health nonprofit and like a research assistant. I was like, yeah, it's like, and like institutions and parents and people also like glorify that and encourage that and it's really a harmful place to be in because then you're numbing everything and you can't feel anything and I used to like pride myself back in the day oh I don't really cry often oh honey that's where the pain is coming from when we're numbing it's not getting rid of anything it, 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 it's just storing deep into our body whether that's through chronic pain gut issues 
uh, skin issues yeah. on my Instagram, there was like a very clear distinction of what my like skin looked like. I was breaking out in acne. Everything was coming to the surface. But, you know, when we numb, we don't give access to those parts of ourselves that are desiring and needing to be heard. 100%. Share two little analogies for that. So one is from Abraham Hicks, and she says, you know, the more you ask for something, but if you also, while asking strongly for something, you have negative beliefs preventing, allowing that into your life you get kind of stuck in this pattern where you're like, you want more, but you're not allowing more, but you want more, but you're not allowing more. And it's almost like taking a beach ball and like shoving it underneath the fucking ocean. And you're, you're, you're trying to hold it down. And it's building all this pressure. And eventually though, you're not going to be able to hold it. Your arms are going to get tired just from holding it for like hours and hours and hours underneath the ocean. And eventually that beach ball is going to shoot the fuck up and explode out of the ocean and launch like 50 feet in the fucking air because of all the pressure that's just been building. And you know, whether it's a health issue, uh, you know, I almost died a couple of years ago. I had to make real serious changes, emotional changes, clear out a bunch of emotional stuff to, to like, it was the most like destructive thing in my life I've ever experienced, most challenging I've ever experienced, but also opened up such an, an amazing path for me. Um, maybe it's, um, it's, it's a work thing. You know, one person I, I worked with, they, they like lost their house in a fire, like, whatever, however it manifests, it will manifest if we're not paying attention to it. And a lot of health issues come, like, as you mentioned, come from not processing this stuff. It, it starts as a feeling. And then if you keep suppressing it, it becomes like, you almost like ingest it into your body. And then it starts to manifest as physical symptoms, um, you know, stress, it, it slowly starts to kill you. It's, it's really, it's poison. And we're just, it's just crazy how like, we're not taught the importance of, of feeling our emotions and how to process emotion and, and self-regulate and self-soothe and all these things. And especially as, um, as a, like, as a guy, there's this huge tendency that I have had to work through very, very, um, strongly early on. If, if there's an older YouTube channel I have, uh, that had, I don't know if there's still videos on it, but they, like, I was very like numb and just like push through and fight and get things done. And I was very cut off from my emotions. And I think that's a big thing as guys we're told when we're, you know, raised, it's like, don't you hear things like, don't be a pussy. Um, uh, you know, don't be a little girl. Don't be a bitch, things like that. And we internalize these. And, and this means like, we can never come in contact with pain any pain we come in contact with, we immediately have to shut it down and put on a, put on a, a, a fake front. And this is super dangerous because A, it's just going to kill you faster. It's going to stress you out faster. You're going to be addicted to things because you need to keep numbing that pain. So you're going to have to, you're going to attract partners that just treat you like shit. You're going to have to have, you know, you know, drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, these very unhealthy habits that are also killing you faster to help you numb that, take the edge off. And it's going to lead to in extreme cases, you become very violent because you're suppressing these things and it breeds frustration and resentment and you lash out at people. Um, it's just, it's just brutal. So especially as guys, like I'm, I'm sure uh, as a, as a woman, you guys have your own version of this, but as guys like stuffing down, numbing, that's not strength, you know, not crying is, is not strength. Like that, that is, 
that is ultimate strength to become in contact with your emotions. And to me, that's like the ultimate, you know, that they have like unhealthy, toxic masculinity, right? Then like divine masculinity, I think is what they call it. To me, that's you're embracing your emotions. And from that place, that is where you're moving into, you know, whatever it is, work, your relationships from a place of appreciation, uh, a place of joy. Strength to me isn't cold and serious. It's like laughing, intelligent, uh, uh, uplifting. That to me is, is, is being like, you know, like a real man. Yes. Oh my goodness. How beautiful. And a lot of women, I'll just say this, a lot of women like to have limiting beliefs that like, uh, men aren't sensitive or like, like all these different things. I like personally never, uh, had that, that limiting belief because my brother, he's a very deep feeler. I'm also a deep feeler, uh, but he's just very sensitive. And I really admire that about him and just never letting the world tell him that you shouldn't. Well, obviously the world like does that, of course, but just the fact that he goes, you know, I'm not, I don't really care if that's going to happen. I'm still going to let stuff come up. I'm still going to cry. And it's like, when we think about it logically, like who the fuck, like how does it even make sense that like crying makes someone weak? Like, like crying doesn't like, it feels good, but like not necessarily, like it's really yeah. painful. Like the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think it, it like, this is my theory now. I think uh, it was passed down by people who just suppressed. And yes. it's, it's like, if you notice people are really traumatized, I used to do this early in my coaching career and, and now I've learned not to do that. But I used to, when I was really excited and learned, you know, initially just learned about these things, I would talk about trauma with like everybody. And there were circumstances <laughs> where like, people are like, I don't want to share my trauma because I'm suppressing the fuck out of it. And, and I like, you know, I burned some bridges and relationships were forever changed because of conversations like this, because it brought this stuff to the surface. And it's like people, you know, like get so triggered by that. And because if we don't have a, a good relationship with our triggers, then we immediately attack the person who caused us to be triggered and we blame them. And it's, it's that like, it's this, if I can be mean to this emotion and shut this emotion down and attack it and like stuff it down, I can destroy it. I think that's like a very masculine thing that we gravitate towards. Like, you know, just this, you know, I'm going to dominate it, but it's, it's something you kind of have to learn coming from that, that paradigm that in order to really conquer those emotions, you have to surrender to them. You have to, you know, burn up in them and, and lose this part of yourself. And through that loss, you actually transform it and it becomes something entirely new. Oh, wow. I was like, yes. Like if, <laughs> if uh, you're just like listening to the podcast, I'm like pointing to my screen. I'm like, yes, like, yes. Because I so like deeply resonate with that. And like my dad personally, like he, I never, you know, I'm, you know, 24 years old and he's, you know, 61, 62. I've never seen him in my entire life cry once. Wow. Like I've never, I've never seen the man cry once. And it's like when you do, and he has a slew of like health problems. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you wonder why. Um, but like, you know, I'm not trying to bash him. It's okay. You I know, you. we all have our stuff, yeah. but like, it's just everything you said, if we, and, and like you said, if we aren't working through our triggers, it's so easy to blame it on other people. And that's where a lot of like, 
I don't want to say narcissism, but like that is a tendency of like covert narcissists and things like that is, okay, I can't take accountability for my shame or my trigger. So I'm just going to blame it on the external when the external is the external world is always a reflection for what is going on inside. Yeah. Uh, another, you know, you mentioned earlier, what are some like great tips for like healing and, and, and clearing emotions and stuff. I think another one that you just kind of reminded me of is, is to see anybody who triggers you, any circumstance that triggers you as a gift, because they're helping you highlight something in yourself that's ready to be let go of. Once it hits your emotional radar, like you're ready to transmute it. So mm. it's just a matter of diving into it. So don't ever blame like, it's because of this job, you know, it's because I'm not making enough money. It's because they said this, it's because, you know, uh, uh, you know, they, they broke up with me. Like anytime you're pointing to something out here that is responsible for how you're feeling, something that's extremely liberating and powerful is to then just turn that inward. It's like, no, they're, they're pointing to something in me. They're, they're helping me highlight something that is ready to be healed. And if I can heal that, that condition that thing, that dynamic, that pattern will resolve itself. And it's hard to do. I know because a, we're just in a habit of, of like, we're in a physical fucking world. I think we're spiritual beings in a physical world, right? Eternal beings have a, having a physical experience. So like this shit is very fucking convincing. Like (laughs) it's easy to get lost in the stuff. So there is a tendency to, to look outside, to be focused on the outside world, but if you can just practice just as a little reminder, like anytime you get triggered, they're helping me. Just say that statement. They're helping me. This is helping me. It's helping me. And then try to do your best to go explore those things. That that's how you make transformation. The people who are not doing this are the people who are just like stuck. And they're the, the you know, somebody here in town, I won't, I won't give names, but they've had like, uh, they've had like a heart attack. They just had a, had a kid, had to have a kidney get removed. And it's like, they're, I'm so almost like I admire them for how stubborn they are. They can only just get stubborn in the opposite direction, but they're just like refusing to look at what, you know, why they're feeling the way they're feeling. You know, they're refusing to, to make changes. And they're just like standing, you know, against the storm of life. And you got to be flexible. You got, you got to let yourself be broken down because that's how you are able to be rebuilt. Ooh, yeah. They're all gifts, all gifts. Ooh, say that one more time, that last piece. That is like delicious. You got to be broken down to be able to rebuild yourself. That's it. Ooh, 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 do I resonate? I resonate so hard with that. This conversation just has me like on fire in a good way. Like that's fantastic. I love that. I live by that. I'm going to like write that somewhere. I'll probably post it on my Instagram after this because that's just fantastic. Fantastic. And wow, very, very, what powerful work. And like, just to preface, like backpacking off of what you said about triggers. I know we originally were talking about codependency, but this all ties back into it. It I I think it's, it's, it's fantastic. And like in my last relationship, obviously I have continuously, like before him, I was working on triggers, regulating my emotions, like all the things. And anytime he would trigger me, I would say, you know, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to like this, you know, trigger something within me. I'm going to like go, you know, to my room or my bedroom and just like journal through this and, and do my specific process for triggers and, you know, listen to my processing emotions meditation. And it was always something deeper. It was never about him. It was always something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's never about, 
you know, the actual circumstance at hand. And like one time, uh, not to get too into like personal stuff or just too into, you know, the story, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I had this specific trigger around not feeling important. And it was like our six month anniversary at the time. And I think he like just forgot about it. And he just like forgot about our anniversary, whatever. And then all the, all the women listening to this gasping right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that that's like a great thing to do, but like, whatever. Uh, but so I, 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 was like really triggered by that situation. And I was just like, okay, let me like dive deeper into this. And then I did. And I was like, oh, this is definitely like from all the times of my childhood where my dad did not make me feel important. And I shit you not, after I made that realization and process of emotions, my ex comes back in and he goes, hey, like, I know this probably like triggered something with your dad about not feeling important, but you are important. And, you know, let's make this date for so-and-so, you know, And so it's like our internal world uh, is completely shifting the external 100%. That's, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Like (laughs) it's, it's also really amazing because, you know, using an example like that, it's, it seems so like convincing how something external, it's like, no, that's, that's the reason why that's the reason why I'm unhappy. That's the reason why, you know, this sucks or I feel so shitty, but it's like, when you dive into the deeper reason that's connected, like, you know, thing related to the parents or whatever it might be, not only do you then, oh my God, like I feel relief, I'm feeling better. But then when you revisit the job, the relationship, you have so much more appreciation and you see it clearly for what it is. And sometimes that's clarifying. You're like, oh, actually, I don't want to work at this job or maybe this is not the right person for me. But a lot of the times, if it is the right job or person, it just like renews that fire of appreciation for that dynamic, for that person, for that situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I deeply, deeply agree with that. And, you know, while, you know, that relationship didn't end up working out, but I remember having a deep, like profound connection with him even more because it's like, oh, they're, you know, it, it's almost like a disconfirming experience. And, you know, but it all had to do with like me going into myself. Cause if I was just like mad or angry and that's okay, like to feel mad yeah. or angry, But also if we're just like maybe lashing out at our partners, for example, that's not helping you heal that emotional wound or working deeper into that. Like that's just just trauma bonding at that point. Yes. A hundred percent. Can you talk more about trauma bonds? I, okay. I, I know this is probably getting into a long episode, but I love to hear your perspective (laughs) on trauma bonds. Uh, In episode two, I had Emily Colligan, uh, she's a narcissistic abuse expert. We talked about trauma oh, bonds, sick. but I'd love to hear your perspective on trauma bonds and all of that good stuff. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about time. I'm, I'm having fun. Um, I mean, yeah. you said it perfectly, like just that whole, and I, and I think that was really cool of you to just go like, Hey, this got triggered. I'm going to go take some time and work through it. That right there. <laughs> like what the fuck? If, if everybody in a relationship did that <laughs> shit, holy fuck. That's amazing. Um, yeah, you. trauma bonding to me, you're welcome. Trauma bonding to me is is just the opposite of that. Like you have something triggered and you then don't use that as an opportunity to evolve with your partner, but instead you use it as an opportunity to like destroy the relationship. Um, 
I'm reading the four agreements right now. And, and they call love that, that book. So good. <gasps> so good. Okay, and, and they talk about how, you know, it's like ingesting emotional poison. You're just kind of giving the other person emotional poison. Right. So it's like, don't, don't like vomit your, your traumas and, and act from that place of pain. Like anytime there's conflict, you're feeling pain, you're, you're triggered. That is always a sign that you need to go take some space and process and then you're going to level up with that person. Um, everybody is, is just coming into your life at a certain point for a certain amount of time. Maybe it's forever. Maybe it's for the rest of your life. Maybe it's for a month. But they're, they're there to help you evolve. They're there to give you something, show you something. Everything happens for a reason. Everybody is, is intentional, okay, by the universe or God or whatever you believe in. So when we're ignoring that, we're, we're then just repeating the, the, the dynamic of trauma. So like a big one for me was in the past was um, I'm not worthy to, to, I'm not worthy to receive, but I'm also not worthy to stop. Um, uh, to, 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 I'm not worthy to like stop over investing. So in the business context, for instance, I would take on clients and, and do the, the really like serious emotional work of clearing things out, which takes so much time and presence. And I have to be in an extremely good place. Otherwise I just like get brought down to that person's level of, of trauma, of pain. So there's so much that goes into it. And that's why I charge so much fucking money for it. Um, But I I didn't used to do that. I would take anybody who who could pay and I would take like 50 bucks and I would just burn myself out working like every day not once a week, like I do now with clients, but like every day. And I, I couldn't say no to that. And I was just replaying this, this trauma dynamic of like, I have to work extremely hard and nothing's ever good enough because I'm not good enough. And I can't say no and I have to, to please everybody. So instead of taking time to go, wait a minute, a like acknowledging the fact that I'm not feeling good and that I'm triggered and B going and exploring that I just continue to trauma bond with that person. So ideally, or, or, or obviously trauma bonding, the, the whole phrase terminology, when you hear that, you usually think of like relationships, but like romantic ones, but it's with anybody. It's with anything. It's just any pattern, really any bond you have with the situation or a person that's, that's allowing you to perpetuate limiting core beliefs and, and, and traumas. So the more you take time when you're triggered to investigate those triggers, just be curious, just like play with it, you know, explore it. That's how you, you cease trauma bonding. And as you said earlier, right? Like, like you came back and you, you kind of felt a lot better. You get that clarity and then you go, Oh, you know, you might realize like, let me stop dating this person. Like this is super fucking unhealthy. Or in my case, like, actually I am fucking worthy. Like, why am I not charging, you know, money so that I then don't have to worry about bills and, and all this other extra crap. And I can just instead focus my attention on that person and be in a really good place. Duh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. I really would love, that was beautiful and so amazingly explained all of it. And just using that example, I like people think you, like you said, people think you have to be necessarily trauma bonded with your, like a partner. You could also be trauma bonded with your business. Like you said, the same thing. This is like my first year, um, 
was it my first, I don't know, six months of working, you know, as a hypnotherapist when I was starting my business that I was definitely trauma bonded with my business. It was such a portal for me to learn that I am so worthy, regardless of what output I have. I am, and this is for anyone, you are worthy and valuable for who you are, not for what you do. When you die, what matters is you, your soul, your being, your essence, who the fuck you are inside, not your business, your job title, anything external from you, your relationship, anything. And so for me, like how this played out, my, this trauma bonding experience was I overworked myself to the bone because I was getting my worth from my business when that's an endless supply of continuously feeling like you're not enough because it's not coming from within. So you have to do, you have to do that internal work. And, and what ended up happening was I literally had this, I was working, you know, I was also, when I first started my business, I was a case manager working with kids and teens and at a mental health agency. And so I was doing that. Plus my business, I would work from 8 or 9 a.m. to, you know, 6, 7 p.m. at my job. Then I'd come home and, and do RTT sessions till like 11 at night, like on, wow. on clients. I was working Beast all mode. the time. Yeah, 16, 18 hour days. That's but crazy. the re- and, and then I, I got to a point where I shut down. I, yeah. my body, of course, it, your body can't sustain that. So I went into a complete shutdown and like had to literally stop working for a few months and learn all of these things that my worst, and me being good enough is an internal job. It is nothing outside of me. And no matter what you do in the world, it will never be enough if you don't feel it internally. It will always be a consistent chase for external things. I need the partner. I need the job. I need the money. I need the likes, whatever. And it's, it's and like when I was in this business group coaching program, like people felt like they were going to die if they didn't make like 10 or 20K a month. And I'm not saying that that's not important, but like if you have bills, like families and whatnot, like, yes, it's important. But like, if you have enough to sustain, like that should not feel like the end of your being and like, you're not worthy. And that's just, I love that you brought up the whole trauma bonding with your business. And another one of my client recently just like went through that and I helped her through that as well. So nice. very powerful stuff. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super more. I, I literally, it's so funny. I literally last, um, last week I worked through a lot of stuff around, around business again. And it was just, it was a combination of a, like waiting for a certain thing to, to look a certain way before I could be happy or waiting until I finished, for instance, like creating content, um, waiting until I, I created all this content, like until all of the content I had assigned for that day, TikToks, YouTube, YouTube shorts, Instagram, all the fucking platforms until it was completed, I would feel like shit. And if I didn't do it, I'd feel mm. even more like shit. And mm. throughout the whole process until it was finished, I would feel like shit until it was finished. And then I would allow myself to feel good and be happy. So like I recently worked through that last week. And then I was just like, no, like I can feel good while I'm doing it. And then I was like, I, well, I don't really want to do all of this every single fucking day. That's insane. Uh, I'm going to do like a, a few things when I'm feeling inspired to. So then the quality of those things goes way the fuck up. And then the next day after having this like epiphany and working through that, um, it was like the, the TikTok 
I made was like, did extremely well. It got like 5,000 where the previous ones were only getting like, you know, 40 to like hundred likes, um, like 400 comments. Um, then I was really stressed about clients, right? Like that started coming up. Cause I just recently started back my business up again after I get, uh, being sick and then recovering for a couple of years. So then I was like obsessing over clients and then I was like, fuck, okay, let me, let me work through that. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's all good. And then literally the next fucking day I had someone sign up to be a client. And then today I had someone set up to be a client and I didn't do anything. It wasn't like I was obsessing over the fucking clients all day today. I was literally focused on just enjoying myself, having fun, doing what's inspired and worrying about how I'm feeling versus like this outside circumstance or dynamic. So yeah, hundred percent agree with what you're saying. It's crazy how, especially in a business context, how your, your, your feeling state is, is the thing that predominantly matters. And that's, where the magic comes from. Um, it, I, I don't know, like it kind of comes down to like, you got to either pick a side, right? Like I pick the side that uh, I'm going to work hard and like effort and, and forcing myself to do things. That's how, that's how I create the things I want in my life or the better I feel, the better I attract, the more effortless it is, the more easy it is. I think you can't be in the middle. You have to like fully dive in like, no, I'm picking fucking one of these. And <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so, 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 so beautiful. Oh my goodness, I love that. I love that. Yes, one of my friends, he really inspires me with that as well because he constantly like says like effortless manifestation, the better I feel, then the more I attract better and better. And I so resonate and relate with that, with what you said. And a hundred percent, like I've had my highest business months when I felt like I'm not doing the most and I'm feeling super inspired and fucking amazing about what I do. And it's just like so fun. And it's like, when you can just take the pressure off and just create from a place of inspiration, I think also like certain business coaches or certain people can also, what's the word I'm trying to say, like encourage a little bit of burnout or the opposite end of feeling good. They're like, you need to make five TikToks a day. It has to look this way. You have to talk about this. You have to do this, 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 and this. But then that's not authentic at all. And then you're not even talking about what you want to originally talk about and yep. your original business. So I love that. I, I love what you just said. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's so funny. I was so stuck in that because it's been a lifelong thing and, and it's not like, with some triggers, like you, you clear, you know, portions of it, but it's like, there's still a lot left. And sometimes you need to live more life experience, need more um, people, circumstances, things to happen as catalysts to then like shift more of that to be ready to let go of. So it's been a lifelong thing of like being hard on myself and not, not waiting or, or waiting for things to look a certain way before I'm able to feel good. So I, I got this tattoo called work harder during that big phase of my life of like following oh. Gary V. Uh, all yes! these different people, and that's like I have to do more, right? Create more. But the thing they forget to like touch on, I think, in those videos and stuff, is that yes, create the TikToks, create a million TikToks, and it's awesome, <laughs> and it does work, and and it's great. But the people who are able to create at that level, they forget to to talk about how <laughs> they have this feeling good part down. They're feeling mm -hmm. inspired. That's the level at which they're they're able to create at, but like you feeling good, everything that you've wanted, all of your dreams, all the things that you have put in like your, your, your box of, of things I want to manifest and create in my life can be achieved by you consistently being in a, in a good state of feeling. 
And if you just make that your priority, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to work on my triggers. I'm going to understand that the bigger the trigger, the bigger the transformation. And the more I'm going to prioritize that, the more I'm going to let these things that are already on their way to my life. They're just like hanging outside the edges, waiting for me to, to, to clear these things, to transmute these things, to engage in this emotional alchemy. Then I'm going to be able to let these things flow into my life effortlessly, mm. easily, because mm. that's why I'm here. I'm here to create these things. I'm here to experience these things. This is part of why the fuck that I'm here. So it, it's not about effort. It's about tapping into um, inspiration. And the way you get to inspiration is by number one, you, you move into relief, right? As you transmute these triggers, you explore these things, you clear these things, you experience relief, you climb a little bit higher. Then after you do that for a while, you start stabilizing in joy. That's the next level above that. Now you're just enjoying life. You're like, oh man, this is awesome. Joy, also appreciation is another word for that. This is cool. I'm loving this. And then from there, now you shift into inspiration, into excitement. Now you're creating things. Now these big, big things are coming into your life, but they're not so big anymore. It's not like, whoa, it's just like the normal. You're ready for them. You can handle them. But you need to have that, that grounding place of I feel good in my body to handle those things. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Delicious. I keep saying that, but like, that's just the word that comes to my mind. Like, wow. Oh my goodness. Whoever is still uh, listening. Uh, we love you very much. And this is just, wow. I, like the, the only words that come to my mind is just, wow, delicious. I so agree with that. And I want to expand more on feeling when you feel good, you can handle more, you can receive more, your nervous system is more open to those opportunities, those circumstances, because when we are in a dysregulated nervous system state, what's actually happening is our body is contracting and we are not able to hold nuance, right? We are in that laser focus. I have to create five TikToks a day or else I'm going to fail. That's all or nothing thinking. That's dysregulation. And that's why it can feel harder to receive those things. And your body doesn't feel open enough to actually call those things in because you're so laser focused on things coming in one way. And like, very funny story. I'll just like, of like things coming in a certain way. And this is super particular in dating, uh, online dating. I'm not in the online dating space, uh, but you know, I'm just honestly intending to just like enjoy my life. And if someone pops in, they pop in, fantabulous. Uh, but like my last boyfriend, my last relationship, what I experienced was I used to have this belief that like, oh, uh, I, it's really hard to meet people in person. Like it's easier to find people on the apps. Literally, uh, he ended up coming into my apartment and was like friends with my brother. And like, that's how I met him and we hit it off. And it's like, it, it's like we, we hold on to these rigid belief systems. And then that stops us from allowing great things to come in. Totally. Um, it's a fairy tale, you know? What, what, what would you like to happen? What would you like to believe? Nothing else matters. Whatever's keeping you in, in the physical world and like rooted to that and, and attached to like, no, it can't. Whatever's making you feel like, like just small and like you can't create, those are things we gotta let go of. Like embrace the magic, embrace the fairy tale, embrace your power to create things and, and play with the idea and, and bathe in the idea of like, what if it is possible? What if I can have this? 
what does that feel like is that exciting mm-hmm. why is it exciting let's talk mm-hmm. about that let's get into that oh yes that is just i i keep saying delicious like sorry that's it's weird. a good word no it's yeah. not i use that word it, a lot actually too yes. so it works yes delicious i love that and and that's how for me i think i'm a very like visualization person i think that's also why hypnotherapy is even more powerful for me and like inner child work because I'm so like I can really feel into those especially people who maybe have experienced trauma or have trouble feeling like dive deeper into what do I want to believe how would that make me feel what would that look like what would that look like to my senses let's say for example because I keep talking about relationships in relationships I want to feel good inside my body I want to feel calm inside my body. I want to feel safe with the person. You know, what does our home look like? How do I want to feel when I come home from work every day and I see this person and getting deeper and deeper into what you want to believe, what you want to attract. And then it just comes in. Mm -hmm. And it it becomes very self-reinforcing. It it helps you start to convince yourself that like, I, I do have the power to create and things aren't coming in. 100% it's always correlating with how you're feeling so if you're dominantly having a bunch of negative stuff come up that's great because now you know what to clear what to work on and as you start removing these things more and more crazy shit will come into your life and it will just keep confirming like oh yeah no i'm on the right path 100 yeah and you will start to become more optimistic more appreciative as more magic flows into your life as you let more magic flow into your life because you're going to see that like it's all possible and just think of like that vibe, that energy that you bring around other people, like it's possible, you know, everything's going to be okay. Like you're powerful. Like that's going to be your energy. Like you're, you're just going to attract all the things that you want. That's all I'm going to say. All the things that you want. Yes. That is so powerful. And I think like that is an amazing thing that I've noticed on my healing journey. Also, because I used to be, you know, I used to be very negative because I was so dysregulated and, you know, dealing with trauma and things like that. And so when you, when, as I've healed these things, like, honestly, once I started to heal those things, obviously I'm a much more positive person and a a completely different person. And now almost everyone I, I meet that's new, they're like, oh my God, I love your energy. And it's not about like a codependent thing, but like, it's always (laughs) nice to like get that, you know, reinforcement back. But also it always starts with ourselves because I love my energy myself. Like I'm a weird fucking weirdo. And I love that about myself. <laughs> you, know, you, you said it earlier, like it's nice, but you don't need it. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, awesome. Where can people find you and learn more about your delicious content? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm uh, the backyard Buddha pretty much everywhere. So you can type that in YouTube uh, at the backyard Buddha on TikTok on Instagram, uh, Facebook, it's Dante Hit, H-I-T-T. And I have a podcast on Spotify and Anchor called the Codependency Survival Guide that I update whenever I'm feeling inspired. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Dante. Yeah, thanks for having me, Val. I really enjoyed awesome. uh, our conversation and your energy. Yes, thank you so much. Me too.